2324 team training at Keystone Lodge and Spa in Keystone, Colorado. I'm George Thomas here with Brian Smith. Brian, it's wonderful to see you again. Oh, it's great to be here, George. Yeah, you know, even though we didn't have snow, uh, it's been great. The week's been, it's been productive. I mean, it sounds like you've had so many good meetings, some really good insights, and you guys got to go ice skating. Yeah, we did. You know what? I did not fall and crash while ice skating, which was pretty much the goal, was to just go around and around and stay on my feet. So I managed that. Um, we had a lot of discussions, George. Um, by having this much FaceTime, we had discussions that were typical and normal and expected, and then we had some that were organic unexpected that were both spirited and uh, uh, contested in a positive way uh, where we really you know discussed something a topic back and forth but it brought out the spirit it brought out the willingness of people to have a position and, and try to work their way through it you know and with with respect being you know given back and forth to each team member you know you know giving their perspective on something you know so by not having snow we've had some really um awakening conversations as well as of ones that are about getting work done for the membership you know the nuts and bolts of stuff yeah, now you're a very unique team member because you're uh, uh, on education staff, I believe, in both Rocky Mountain and the Eastern Division. So you're really kind of what uh, you kind of represent what the message is all about as far as bringing unification to all the divisions. Yeah, I, I do have experience. Um, I had about a seven-year, eight-year run uh, up through until one year past COVID uh, of working in, you know, on the ed staff in both div uh, divisions. Uh, uh, currently, I'm pretty much dedicated to the Eastern staff right now. Um, after COVID, you know, my wife and my kids, we, we re kind of restructured ourselves and we're back east and we, and we have a full-time snow sports season between sharing part of our winter back part-time in Aspen and back uh, in, in northern New York. Um, but uh, you know, because my primary residence is in the east, you know, um, I'm spending more of my time back there and involved with, you know, events and assessments and stuff, you know, but, uh, you know, but working back and forth for a good seven, eight years between two different divisions, it was really cool. It was really cool because when I came to Colorado, I was still on the eastern board as well. So I had a few, you know, I was part of the board in the east for the better part of a decade. And um, both as a, a committee person and as a voting board member. So um, it was really cool to be in both divisions, see, start to see the beginning of alignment really come around, uh, look at what Rocky Mountain was doing and then look at what the East was doing and see that there was a lot in common and not be afraid to take good ideas, you know, uh, like the East, you know, we're the biggest division region in uh, PSA, but we also got to a point where we were willing to take, you know, ideas in from other divisions like Rocky Mountain. And, and that, that goes both ways. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. And it was a great, uh, it was, I'm lucky to have 
been doing that at a time when the whole, you know, the whole drive and the lighting of the fire of alignment and unification was really g- gaining traction. It was fun to be at. Now, you're an idea guy, and uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I'm thinking some of what we were talking about may have been some of the spirited discussions you were having, Um, but in a way, it really has to do with the aging of our sport and our profession and bringing uh, younger people into it. I mean, I'm really seeing a big change in in other sports where I think one of the biggest divisions now is men's 50 plus, women's 50 plus. I mean, I remember in my 20s thinking, ah, I want to just keep this up. So when I hit 40, maybe I can start winning. (laughs) But then everybody good stuck around. (laughs) And but I'd love for you to share, if you don't mind, some of the things that uh, you were talking about. Uh, Yeah, you know. You know, be having been on the team the past eight years, in in getting a real good cross section of our association, um, in listening, it, it taught me a lot, and and combined that with the experience I had as a board member in the East, I come to the realization that you know. We, we've all do, we all continue to put our best foot forward to draw younger members in, you know, and we've done everything from, you know, um, incentives, whether it be through uh, financial incentives or, or some type of, you know, uh, you know, uh, something that attracts them, some uh, a, a plan, a strategy to try to do that. And, and, and in some instances, we we I wouldn't call them gimmicks, but we tried things to, you know, to attract that young, younger member and, and, and all that. And, 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 and I want to pay respect to that effort by all regions who have done that in the, in the past. Um, but as I, as I look back, and I look back on my own life, um, I came into the industry through competition department as uh, an athlete racing because somebody in the locker room like in a grassroots way took notice of the fact that I was coming off of racing for I was like 18 at the time I had raced from I was like 9 or 10 till I was 18 19 I was raced so I think 19 and they were like hey you know you know this young guy can ski so let's let's get him under somebody's wing and it really took place from a brotherhood to brotherhood type thing in the locker room um at my home area you know on uh, a family of instructors knew my family they knew um myself my brothers my friends we were all racers in those days we didn't have parks and things to jam around on and um so thinking of the future um there are so many kids that are competing and then they they phase out. And I really think there's an opportunity to create a actual formal pipeline, a strategy to get these competition athletes to come over to um, a career that of teaching skiing or, or teaching snowboarding. And, and any of the snow sports and, 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 and a way to say to them, hey, look, you know, you did great in your racing. We, we love you for that. You know, we, we, we respect that. But you have the rest of your life to live. And we don't want to see you just get like kind of burn out on racing and then skiing is sacrificed. Like we, we want to we want you to stay skiing. 
You know, that really hit me when you were talking about nine to 18, because that's nine years of really intense skiing and competition, you know, slalom, giant slalom, whatever events you were doing. Uh, that's a huge commitment. And you're basically retiring after nine years at age 18. Yeah. I mean, and you're a phenomenal skier at that time exactly and I, and there were lots of my friends that did that same thing and even today there recently there's an athlete who's retiring early uh, in today's world um, and that's okay but it but there's a there's so much more life yet to live and and and, and those people are valuable in to the snow sports industry and I think if more kids knew that hey you know there's actually a program out where if we make the right phone call or we make the right email we could actually get an invitation to ski with a team member or to ski with a, uh, a regional examiner and, and actually um, maybe go through a um, a skiing event where this the, the athlete's skiing ability is 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 honored it's honored with with a, an assessment like hey I just skied for all day long with these four athletes and they're out, they're unbelievable skiers so we're hey guess what guys not only are you joining our organization but we're gonna we're gonna bring you in and here's your level two skiing you know thank you for all your hard work we're, we're letting you know we recognize we have empathy for the past years of your commitment to your industry okay but yeah sure you're now you need to now now they can go all right i can get my foot in the door now i can focus on how to teach and be and be a, a good a good learner and get and how to create a learning environment how to, how to be a good teacher and then okay we can help them with that we have a whole education system based around that but these athletes if we can say to them look we're willing to honor your efforts and and, and by having a special ski event that has an assessment element to it uh, for you and you know what all the rest of the members in the United States are just going to have to take a deep breath and realize that's for them. And it's not that I'm trying to be exclusive or be dismissive to the current process, but we, these these athletes should have some merit. They should have, you know, um, they should be recognized for their efforts. And, and not only that, but it's a better way to tempt them to want to be involved. Wow, they're actually going to pay respects to the fact that I was a fifth athlete, you know? And you know what? This is cool. I, I can come in and I can already be at this particular moment in time in this in the certification world, right? And and get them in and and then, you know, and then help support the member schools who end up hiring those athletes. Like we don't just want to assess them and then send them off to a resort. We're going to actually say to the resort, this is the type of employee you have, here's a way you can effectively bring them into your culture and 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 really end up with like athletes who learn how to be good teachers who are already crazy good skiers. What what better combination? So I like to think of it as um, compete to educate. I've competed and now I'm phasing out and now I'm going to educate you know, and, and make it a transition. And, and that's something I'm thinking about. It's one 
piece of what I do as a team member. You know, I have other things that I think are important too, but that's that's one I'm currently thinking about because I'd like to keep the the connection between uh, the uh, USSA racing in the United States and PSA. And I don't necessarily think that we need to go out on the hill and hash out what we see. Oh, look at this person, look at that person, and you know, and you know, argue over this fundamental, that fundamental. We're all pretty darn, we're, we're pretty parallel there, but rather uh, collaborate with like the racing world in a way that's like, look, we're a safe cool place for these athletes to come to and one day they'll wake up and they'll be 50 years old and go wow you know i'm married i have three kids of my own now and because i went from racing to teaching skiing i live in the vale valley my children ski they're in programs i'm outdoors i'm living the mountain life and and i got all this because of the hard work i did when i was 9 10 11 12 13 16 18 19 they look back on their life and go somebody respected me and paid respects to my efforts and and made a pipeline for me and and I live a beautiful life because of it and it means something to me because that's exactly how I got into this we started this podcast with that you know that's how somebody cared enough to say hey look I know you don't know much about teaching but we watched you ski and we've been watching you race all these years this would really be a great thing you know now granted I had parents that were teaching you know I it was a little easier for me you know but there's a lot of uh, athletes out there whose parents aren't in the ski industry and how cool would it be if one day they got a turn to be in PSA Aussie and then someday they were able to bring their parents to the mountain because they had the ability to do that you know so these are the things that come out of training George you know not just for me but these are the things that come out of training you know every team member and you know I'd like to think is is thinking in in creative like this you know uh, how can we keep pushing the needle forward and like I say this is just one thing I'm thinking about one thing I'm starting to put the how how to do it together on paper Um, it's just one thing Um, but this is a cool byproduct of team training is that we have these times in between our scheduled meetings and in our, you know, on our curriculum, so to speak, we have times where we, we banter these ideas back and forth and, and it, and it becomes something and it's valuable. So, yeah. Sounds like it's been amazing. How was that received? Um, you know, the few people I've been chit-chatting with about it are excited to the point where they, they want to, you know, and I hope to help have them be part of it, of something we can put together. I don't mind putting an idea out there, uh, but once it's out there, uh, I'll take all the help I can get, you know, because, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a big idea, something like that. And there's and there, and other team members have other ideas of other things that are just as important, you know, as, as any idea I have. Um, I don't want to be dismissive to my teammates by any means. There's great ideas and strong minds on the team. Um, so uh, it's positive, you know. I always said if people would slow their lives down by one mile an hour when they came off the hill and they were taking their boots off in the locker room, and if every person who's got to a point where maybe they're 40, maybe they're 50, they have a full-time career job, you know, they, they have some stability in their life, if those people, I'm describing myself, <laughs> if we just look left and look right when we take our boots off at the end of the day, 
and we take notice. When we're in the lunchroom on the mountain and we look up and we see that young ski instructor coming down a trail and you're sitting there inside watching them come down and you say, wow, that was really good skiing. Well, don't, don't be selfish with that. Give that away. Go find that youngster at the end of the day while you're taking your boots off and sit down and say, hey, that was some of the most awesome bump skiing I've seen in a long time. Have, where are you at? You know, I'm, I'm Brian. And what's your name? Where are you at? Oh, yeah, I, I got hired last year. And did you ever thought about a certification? Oh, I don't know really anything about that. Boom. You just started a mentorship. And it's based on something that you highlighted in this young person's life that they do well and 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 that makes them feel good you know that wow this guy in the ski school is an examiner or he's a level three he's been around for like 35 years he took notice he actually said something to me about it this is how psa was built this is how it was done in 1960 1965 1970 it was it was through the locker room you know, you brought each other up. You brought each other further ahead. And, you know, so that's, I hope we can do things that create that culture and bring it back to even some of the biggest ski schools in the country. You know, you, you don't have to be a small 25-person ski school to have a cool grassroots feel. You can be Vale. You can be Aspen. It's it's what you make of it. You know, you can have that same culture in a, in a huge ski school. You know, and just, they're there. The young people are there. You know, you guys got to pay attention. You know, you know, you don't always have to go off the resort to try to find them. You know, a lot of times they're right underneath our nose. We just got to slow down enough to take a look. Brian Smith, always a pleasure chatting with you. Love the enthusiasm. Love your ideas. It's just great to talk with you. George, thanks for everything you do, bud. It's awesome to see you. Appreciate it, man. Brian Smith joining us at uh, Team Training 2324 at Keystone Lodge and Spa in Keystone, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.